Thank you all for being here. Thank you for being here online with us as well from wherever you are. Um, and I just want to say this series that we've been in, I hope that it's been a blessing for those of you who may have been a part of it over the past few weeks. We're concluding this series today. And, and when I think about all that we've been through for nearly half a year, just to be reminded that God is the King of Kings. And just to be reminded that above everything else, no matter what we're going through, no matter how it's impacting our lives, whatever your circumstances are, that if we just seek God, we'll be rewarded for that. There's a blessing that comes from that. That's the whole reason we began the God series. And we've just been asking simple questions about God. And you might be on uh, so many different places along, if you would call it a spiritual spectrum. You could be someone who has thoughts of God but doesn't even know for sure if you believe he exists at all. Or you could be, hey, I've been following Jesus Christ for decades and I know the Bible really well. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I believe what we've gone through these past four weeks together and as we conclude that today is to really get to know God. By asking the simple questions we would ask to get to know anybody, like how can we know God? Well, we learned that we know him through the Bible, his word to us. That's how you get to know anybody is to know what they're saying to you. And if you want to know what God is saying to you, you need to become familiar with this incomparable book that we have at our disposal. And then we ask simple questions like, what's his name? What does he look like? And then today we're going to ask another question. And, and as I introduce this question to you in just a moment, I want, I want to say that I believe what we're going to experience together over the next 12 to 15 minutes could be transforming for you, especially if you don't know this about God. Now, kids, students, there's times when you're just trying to get your parents' attention, right? You just, like, they're busy, they're talking to someone else, and if you're like my kids, it's one of those things where they would either just kind of walk up to me and just stand and look at me, just waiting for a break where I can finally get my attention. And sometimes it's, you know, you push the button, right? This button right here, you just keep pushing it. And so when you do that, and you do it long enough, kids, you probably have heard your parents maybe say this before, or maybe it's a teacher, or maybe it's a grandparent, or maybe it's a friend even. You're trying to get their attention, you push that button over and over again, and they finally say, what do you want, right? Now, that, the reason I bring that up is because typically when we ask someone what they want, we ask it like that, like it's an exasperation question, like, just please tell me what you want. And, and today that's the question I want us to ask, but I don't want to ask it out of exasperation. When you think about it, to know what someone wants is a really big deal. Like if you were to tell me, what you desire more than anything else right now, that's a big piece of information for me to have. It reveals a lot. What you want equals motive. It, it helps me to see what motivates you. A motive is the thing that you want that is the driving force that determines everything you do and everything you say. So if I here you answer the question to me, this is what I really, really want. Deep down inside, deep down in the core of my being, this is what I want. When I know that information, I can then look at what you do and look at what you say and say, that's why. That's why you're doing all of those things. That's why you're saying all of those things. Uh, how many of you students or young adults or older adults like me have ever heard of Enneagram? 
Anybody ever heard of that? Enneagram, a few of you have. Any of you, okay, that's not very many actually. So it's, it's an ancient thing actually. It's been around for centuries. Enneagram literally means a nine-point diagram. And it's used to actually show nine different core motivations that every human being has. It's divided up into nine types, type one, type two, all the way through type nine. Now, I don't want to bore you with all of that because I know some of my friends, when I start saying that, I watch their eyes glaze over like, what? I'm not going to do that to you. But I will say, I'll just use myself as an example. I'm a type three on the Enneagram. That means my core desire is to succeed and achieve. That's my driving force. So much of what I say and much of what I do is I'm trying to achieve something. I'm trying to be successful at something. What's interesting, though, if you study the Enneagram, All of those core desires are also attached on the other side of the coin to a core fear as well. My core fear, the thing that scares me the most, is for someone to look at me and see me as a failure. And so therefore, I strive to achieve. Now when you hear that, it's like, ooh, I need to pray for that guy. He's got some stuff going on, right? Truth is, we all got some stuff going on. And that's what's beautiful about the Enneagram is it reveals some of that. And then we can apply the truth of God's word to that and become the healthiest version of that that we can be. The only reason I bring that up, though, is to give you this understanding that you and me have a core desire. There is something we want and desire above everything else. And it is the driving force that determines how we do things, how we do life, our actions, our words. So what if you were to know today what God wants more than anything else? What if you were to understand today what is the driving force for God himself? What determines everything he does and everything he says? Because this is the one thing he wants more than anything else. It's an intimate thing to know about someone. And God reveals it to us in his word. In fact, we're going to look at a passage at the very beginning of the Bible and one at the very end, and you're going to see very clearly and simply what God desires more than anything else. So, let's start with the very first verse of the Bible. Genesis 1, 1, and it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jumping down to verse 27. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God created humanity. And he blessed humanity. And he gave us a job to rule over the rest of his creation. He wanted us to exist. He wanted there to be an us. He wanted there to be a you. And he wanted there to be a me. Pretty cool stuff. Now we're going to flip all the way to the very next to last chapter in the entire Bible. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now listen, this verse 3, buckle up. I want you to get a strong sense of the giddiness 
of God. When's the last time you've been giddy? Like, I'm so excited, I can't stand still. I'm like excited, I'm pumped, my voice is elevating, I'm talking faster, I repeat myself. When you're that giddy and pumped, you're going to see a pumped God of the universe here in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. This is the end game. This is everything I've been working towards. This is everything that I've been trying to accomplish since the beginning of humanity. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And he says, let me go back to why I did all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. So friends, the answer to the question, what does God want is simply this. What God wants is to be with you forever. You personally. Fill in the blank. God wants to be with Bill Clark forever. God wants to be with Say Your Name forever. Isn't that mind-blowing? That's his number one desire above everything else. And even as I say that, there's something inside of you, there's definitely something inside of me that says, no way. <laughs> no way. That's, that can't be it. It can't be that simple. That's what the enemy, the devil, loves to do. Like, so whispering you're like, there's no way that God did everything written in this book just to personally be with you. In fact, I'm not even sure that's possible because he is God and you are not. And, and there's just no way. That's not how this can work. And in fact, you probably need to jump through some hoops and become more worthy of something like that in order to actually be with God forever. If he's even real. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what the enemy does. He just whispers these things in your ear. And it gets you to doubt, gets you to doubt, gets you to doubt. But listen, friends, man, all through this book that God has given us, where he reveals to us things about him, it's very clear. You can't find any contradiction to throw us off the clear motivation of God of the universe. Everything he's ever done has been about being with you. It's everything he's ever done. It's about being with you. And if the enemy is whispering, or you yourself are telling yourself, there's just no way. I mean, after all I've been through, everything that's going on, things that I've done, how can I actually be with God forever? I want you to know this is how you get to be with God forever. He took care of the how. In fact, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, it describes the how. How did he make it possible? How did he make a way? In John 14, Jesus is giving a farewell speech to 12 men who spent three years doing life with him. He says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be 
with me that you also may be where I am. See, he just can't stop saying it. I just want to be with you. I made you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I designed you. I just want to be with you. You know the way, it says in verse 4. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Then Thomas speaks for all of us when he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the way. And if you're like, so what does that mean? Like, how is Jesus the way? Well, to really understand that, you just have to back up, go a little bit back further in time to a conversation Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus. And as he had this conversation with this man, he uttered probably some of the most famous words he has ever spoken that people have heard, even if they may have never gone to church. Some of people have heard these words, where it says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's why God has done everything he's ever done. That's why God has said everything he's ever said is to get you to understand what he just said there. I made a way to be with you forever. I just want to be with you forever. Will you just believe in me? Will you just turn to me? Will you just hand me your old life? I will give you new life. Yes, you aren't worthy to be with me, a holy, perfect God. But I paid for that through my son, Jesus Christ. His death on the cross. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ paved the way, bulldozed the way between you and God so that you don't have to jump through any hoops. Jesus took care of all of that. He just simply says, will you come and believe in me? Will you come and enter into a relationship with me? Because I just want to be with you. That's it forever. Every single day of your life here and through eternity when you breathe your last on this earth, that's the core motivation of God. It's what he desires more than anything else. And it's why I offer to you today this next step to take. Right where you are, I invite you to take this step. Let God save you so that you can be together forever. Did you catch that word saved in John 3, 16 and 17? He says, he didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him so that you might be saved through him so that I might be saved through him. In fact, next week we'll begin a new series called Saved, where we come to understand what does that even mean to be saved. We're going to talk about some really cool metaphors that God gives us to help us to wrap our hearts and minds around what that means. But friends, I offer you today this free gift of God's salvation, where he rescues you out of the life that you're in and gives you new life in him. And that new life is simply a relationship with him. Or he walks with you through all of the rest of your life. It's not a life where you get to live in perfect circumstances and you perfectly understand him and you perfectly live the life he wants you to live. No, it's a life of you being a sheep, following the shepherd, and trusting in him, letting him lead you, letting him protect you, letting him provide for you. That's what it's like. And there's times when storms come and there's times when the wolves are on the prowl to come after us. 
But that's okay because we are with God the moment we're saved and through eternity. Are you with him right now? Are you together with God? He has reached out to you and said, I did all of this for you. Everything I've ever done and everything I've ever said is for you to be with me. And I invite you to join with me, to enter into a relationship with me, to enter into a walk with me today, right here, right now. If you've never done that, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. There's a verse in the New Testament, Romans 10, 13, that says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you want to do this, if you want that relationship with him starting today, as I pray, you ask him right here and right now to save you, and he will. So let's do that now as we pray. I can't believe it sometimes, God, that it's actually this simple, that we just have to believe And that all this stuff that we read in the Bible is just about you wanting to be with me, about you wanting to be with us. Father, I remember the day well where I asked you to save me. I don't even remember the exact words I used, but I know I asked you to do it. And my life changed from that point on. So Father, right now in this moment, for all those in this room, for all those watching and listening online, in this very moment, I want to create an opportunity for someone to talk to you in prayer right now and ask for your great, amazing, unconditional salvation. If anyone here watching or listening, everyone in this room wants to be saved today, just call upon his name and say this. Jesus, save me. Please, right now, save me. I want to be with you. I need you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross so I can be with you forever. Lord, I believe in that. I believe in that right now and I pray that you would just save me and rescue me so that I can be with you today and the next day and the rest of my life and for all of eternity. If you're watching and listening on that line or you're here in this room and you prayed that prayer, I want you to know what the Bible says. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who is saved. And if you pray a prayer like that right now, you have caused all of heaven to cheer. Isn't that great news? Oh, Father, I thank you so much that you made a way for us to be with you forever. Thank you for teaching us that today. And Lord, may we move on with the rest of our day with this amazing knowledge that you love us that much and that we can rest in knowing you are right here with us no matter what our circumstances and we ask it all in Jesus name Amen well, friends I hope that if you needed to take that step today that you did and if you did we want to know all you have to do is text us text the word saved S-A-V-E-D to our landline number our church number 859-356-3162 when you do that it'll help us to know that you took this step and we want to pray for you celebrate that decision and we also want to keep equipping you to take even more steps with Christ because he has so much more for you for the rest of your life so communicate with us let us know that so we can encourage you and like I said before keep with us 
Come back here on campus or join us online again next week as we begin the new series called Saved. And I can't wait to tell you more about what God's Word says about what it means to be saved by Him. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. God bless you guys.